Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're in this, this series, Stewardship, Biblical Stewardship, and today I want to talk about preparing. So the message title is Prepare. And as we've talked about over the past few weeks, there are several areas of biblical stewardship that we've identified, maybe not all of them, but the three primary ones that we've been talking about through this series is obedience, generosity, and management of, our, uh, of the resources that God has given to us. Um, just to go through a couple of definitions again, stewardship, managing someone else's resources. Biblical stewardship is managing God's resources, God's way. And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, God owns it all. And so we don't really own anything. We are just stewards of what God has allowed us to, to steward. So we'll be going to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and Matthew uh, chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25. Uh, you guys know that you can click on the version and you can follow along with the scriptures and the slide points as well as on the screen. So my first point this morning is the Lord helps us to be prepared. And we know that the word says, Jesus said, actually, that he said, I'll go away, that I send the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you into all truth. And so God has not left us stranded, but we have the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that there are things that we can't prepare for. Sometimes things happen and, and we, we just get blindsided. But many times there are things that we can plan for. And so again, this morning I'm talking about being prepared. How, we, how can we steward well what God has given us? How can we steward well and manage well the things that God has given us? And, and when we talk about stewardship, we're not just talking about finances. We're not just talking about how can we steward well our, our boat, our, our car, things like that. But what about the giftings that God has given to us? What about the callings on our life? Are we stewarding? Are we managing those things well? Um, one of the classes that, that uh, Pastor Christina is teaching is Genesis, and I hope she does that again. Genesis is basically the basis of what helps us understand the rest of the Bible. So if you haven't read Genesis, or next time uh, we, have, we start the, the class on Genesis, join in. And, and by the way, uh, going back to... Uh, this class on finances, I think every one of us should go through that class. I've seen the material. It's really good. I know many of us are good stewards. Many of us understand financial uh, stewardship and things like that. But still, even so, I think everyone should go through that class. It's a great class. But back to the, the teaching on prepared. In Genesis, I think it's chapter uh, 37, you probably know the story about Joseph uh, he was sold into slavery by his brothers, and he ended up going, uh, uh, being a servant um, for uh, a high leader in, in, in the uh, Egyptian uh, uh, government, and he was falsely accused, and he went to prison, and uh, the, the cupbearer and the, the baker had dreams, and he was able to interpret those dreams and uh and eventually they got out of, of prison and uh, he said when you when you leave remember me and uh so anyway they forgot about him when they got out 
And maybe, I, I don't know, maybe a couple of years later, uh, Pharaoh had, had a dream, had a couple of dreams. And so he was trying to find somebody that could interpret his dreams. Remember the dreams he had? Two dreams. One was uh, a dream about fat cows and skinny cows. And then uh, the other one was about uh, heads of wheat. And, and so anyway, he was looking for an in- interpretation. And the, the cupbearer said, oh, yeah, there's this guy in prison that has a powerful relationship with the Lord. And he can interpret dreams. Now, you have to remember that the Pharaoh, the Egyptians, they didn't serve the same gods that we serve. They served multiple gods, and they served pagan gods. And so uh, the Pharaoh, uh, he, calls, he calls for Joseph to come and interpret the dreams, and, and God gives him wisdom, and he's able to interpret those correctly and give some wise advice to Pharaoh. And the, the dream was, if you remember, that there were going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And so what Joseph told the Pharaoh was, he said, you need to have, you need to place somebody in position that's very wise that can help you manage this because this is going to be coming and, and you should probably set aside in the years of plenty for the time of famine so that there'll be enough food for the people. And the thing is, the, 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 uh, the famine still happened. But because of Joseph and his connection with the Lord, he was able to share with Pharaoh. And fortunately, uh, Pharaoh received, believed, and planned ahead for this famine that was coming. And in the process, even though uh, Joseph had been thrown in, in prison, God used that opportunity to save his family because they, would have, they were starving. And so because of the promotion that Joseph received from Pharaoh, he was able to bring his whole family into Egypt, and they were able to be provided for. And then as you go through the process, you probably know the story. Eventually, uh, the, the, Jew, the Israelites grew to the point where, I don't know, Generations later, the Pharaoh said, hey, we need to make these guys subject to us. We need to make them slaves or they'll take over. And then, you know, the story where Moses came and and God called Moses and and delivered the children of Israel to the promised land. So we're we're going through a timeline here. But the point I really want to make is back in Genesis 40 or 41, where the story happens where Joseph was able to interpret the, the Pharaoh's dream. And uh, so I'm talking about being prepared today. And again, sometimes we can't plan for stuff. Sometimes we get blindsided, but there are times when we can plan and we can manage and steward well what, what's going on around us. And remember in January of this year, uh, the Lord gave us a word, are you prepared for my return? And then he added to that, I'm returning soon. And I was asking the Lord, what do we do? How do, we, how do we plan for this? And he said, press into me. Press into me. And so you know that the, the mission or the, 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 the primary purpose for this fellowship is that we, that we develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's our heart. So you'll hear us talk about that every week probably. But I think that's God's greatest plan and desire for us that we enter into this personal relationship with him so that we can be prepared 
Even when we're ill-prepared, even when we don't know what's going to happen, we can go to him and we can say, Lord, I need some help. Can you help me navigate through these challenges? We are to manage and steward the calling that the Lord has given each and every one of us. So he's given us giftings. Maybe it's a, a gift of encouragement. Maybe it's a gift of teaching or, or giving or generosity or serving. We're going to have a great opportunity to serve in a few weeks at the chemo boardwalk. I think God has called all of us to serve. We all have that gift. But are we stewarding well what God is giving us? And I know some of you are stepping up in facilitating life groups. You're teaching. God has gifted you to teach. And so we want to help develop those gifts in all of our lives, but not only develop them, but then put them to use. Because God didn't just gift us so we would have these gifts, but so that we would use them to glorify him and, and uh, minister to his children, help his children, build the kingdom of God. I want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul is in his final days. He probably died a couple of years after this letter that he wrote to Timothy. And he's giving final instructions to Timothy. And he says in, in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. So Paul is setting something up here that he wants to, to share with Timothy. He's saying, I, I, solemn you ur I, solemn, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God. And then what does he say in verse 2? He says, his instructions are, preach the word of God. I think Paul realizes that he's not going to be here much longer. And, and he's investing and pouring into Timothy. And he's saying, preach the word of God. What does he say after that? He says, preach the word of God, be prepared. After that, verse 2 continues. Uh, he says, preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. In other words, be ready in season, out of season, regardless of whether it's popular or unpopular. Don't be moved by the circumstances and situations. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Be ready. When times are good, when times are tough, he goes on to write, patiently correct. There are times when we need to bring correction to one another, when we need correction. But that requires to be effective with that. That requires, I think, many times to have a relationship I'm not going to just let anybody speak into my life or bring correction into my life unless they have authority over me, my boss or my spiritual leader, somebody like that, somebody that I trust, somebody that I have a relationship with, because we all need correction sometimes. And God will use us sometimes to bring correction to someone else. Why? Because we have this relationship. We care about one another. We love one another. He says, patiently correct rebuke. Sometimes we just need a rebuke. You need to stop that right now. You need to stop that. It's damaging your, your, your own life, your family, your children, or whatever. But again, we need to have this relationship where if someone comes to me and brings correction, I know that they're doing it because they love me, because they care. And do we have those kinds of relationships? I think we do in this family, in this house, because we truly love one another. So he says, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. 
Encourage one another with the Word of God, with good teaching. What is good teaching? It's knowing the Word of God. It's being able to rightly divide the Word of truth and then sharing that with other people. Not just believers in the church, but people that don't know the Word of God. And so he's saying, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people. Are we encouraging those that we have a sphere of influence over or with? Are we encouraging them in the things of the Lord? Verse 3, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. I think we're there. (laughs) I think we're there. Uh, Verse 3 continues, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. So you can find anything that you want to hear. You can find people preaching all kinds of stuff, supporting all kinds of ungodly stuff that the Bible says is clearly wrong. And it seems like there are people that just want to cherry pick the Word of God. Want to receive, oh, well, I I like this, I like this. No, I don't really like that. So are we receiving all that the Lord has for us? Because it's for our good. God loves us. He cares cares about us. And he wants us to walk in the fullness that we were created for. And so, let's read verse 4. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Reject the truth. I know we probably all had conversations where we share the truth, the Word of God with people, and, and they won't receive it, or, or they have, maybe they've been so wounded, they have a hard time receiving the Word of God. God wants to bring health and healing and wholeness to our lives. He doesn't want us to, to believe a lie. Who is the father of lies? Satan. He's the father of lies. And so sometimes we can believe a lie and miss the truth. So are we being good stewards of the Lord's anointing? Are we being good stewards of the Lord's giftings and everything that the Lord is showing us? When the Lord is telling us to be prepared, are we taking that word seriously? A year and a half ago, we got a word, or a year ago, a little over a year ago, the world as we know it, will soon come to an end. And I was telling you guys, we need to be very sober-minded about this word. I don't know what this means, but I think we're seeing that that's come to fruition. The world as we know it not only will soon come to an end, it has come to an end. The world as we know it back then has come to an end. And so the Lord is speaking to us. Are we listening are we really listening? Are we really getting it? Are we, are we understanding and then are we doing something about it? Are we being prepared? Because the Lord is not just speaking to us just to give us information. He's speaking to us because he wants us to be prepared. So our spiritual obedience or disobedience can often manifest in the physical realm. And we see example after example. And <clears throat> We have lived example, too, where we're living examples where when we obey, we see the Lord's blessings. And please hear me, I'm not just talking about money. 
But I'm talking about peace. I'm talking about God opening up doors where there seems to be no way. He is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And so I've shared many personal experiences where God has created a job where there was no job, where we've seen God move. And, and you, you have some of the same testimonies. And, and so our spiritual obedience can manifest in the physical realm. Our spiritual disobedience can manifest in the physical realm as well. So you have a, a couple that's married, and, uh, and somebody ends up with a STD, sexually transmitted disease. Somebody got out of the house. Somebody was doing something. I mean, that didn't just happen. And so there, there, there can be physical manifestations of our disobedience because God says that sex belongs only in the marriage. Between, let me be clear, one man and one woman. <laughs> All right? And so, but, but those, there are consequences when we disobey. That's why God says, here are the boundaries. Stay within these boundaries. It's good for you. When you step out, it's not good. And so our, our spiritual obedience can manifest in the physical realm. We want to walk in the power, the authority, the dominion of God. But we're not going to be doing that if we're outside of His will for our lives, if we're living ungodly lives. And please hear me, I'm not talking about performing. I'm talking about being transformed where God is working through our hearts and lives. And He takes away those carnal, earthly, fleshly desires that we used to walk in. So do we steward and manage well the day-to-day -day issues in life according to the Lord's direction and desires? And I'm not saying that every time we go to Whataburger, we have to pray about what to eat. But are we, are we following the Lord's direction? He gives us free will. But are we, following, are we saying, Lord, what do you want in this situation or circumstance? When you look at Joseph, Joseph's life, you would think, wow, that was, that was horrible what happened to him. And it was that he was, that he was sold into slavery and, and, and unjustly accused and ended up in prison. But God had a purpose and plan through all of that. His family was saved. You know, the, there's no telling how many people survived because God gave this dream to Pharaoh and Joseph was able to accurately interpret it. And, and Pharaoh responded by being prudent and, and managing well the, the resources that they had when they had years of plenty so that when the famine came, if they wouldn't have done that, think of how many people would have died. And, and so even when we don't understand, I, I love this, the song that we sing, even when I don't see it, you're working, God. Even when I don't feel it, you're working, Listen, I don't have all the answers. I don't always understand, but do we have to understand to receive it or to accept it? Or do we say, God, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to trust you. And, you know, sometimes it's a really hard thing to do. It's a really hard place to be. But I trust that God is going to see us through those hard times, that we can experience His peace when we have this relationship with Him. We may not get the, the answer that we want. We may not get the solution that we want, but we can have His peace. This, this world is not the end. And this world, we can walk with Him. 
And we can experience peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But it requires this relationship. My first point, the Lord helps us to be prepared. My second point, therefore, the Lord expects us to be prepared. He's providing the things that we need to to be prepared, so he expects us to be prepared. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is, is speaking of his return. And he says, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. So again, Jesus is talking about his return, and he's, he's talking to his disciples. In verse 37, Matthew 24, 37, When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in, the, in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. They were oblivious to what was going on. We have people in the world today that are oblivious. We have people sitting in churches probably that are oblivious to what the Lord is doing in our midst and what's happening and and the importance of connecting with Him, the importance of listening, the importance of hearing, and then the importance of doing what the Lord is directing us to do, being made aware, being prepared Because God is giving us insight if we're listening. But I I think that some people are hearing, but they're just ignoring what God is saying. We have a great opportunity to share the hope and the love of Jesus Christ with people that don't know him. That is the primary reason we do the sunrise service at the Chemo Boardwalk every year. Because there are people there that come from all over the community But a lot of those people don't really have a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. So you can go to church all day long, but that doesn't mean you have a relationship with the Lord. Just because I'm in the garage doesn't make me a car. (laughs) And I've talked to people, I'm like, do you have a relationship with the Lord? Well, I go to church. Okay, that's nice. Do you have a relationship with the Lord? Well, my, my, my granddaddy was a pastor. That's great. Do you have a relationship with the Lord? I'm not asking about your granddaddy. I'm asking about you. This is a personal thing. And people in the world, people out there that don't have a relationship with him, need to know somebody that does. And somebody that walks this thing out. And they can example, or they can look to as mentors and examples. Verse 39 People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. So you, too, must keep watch. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. So Jesus is talking about his returning. He's saying, be watchful. Be prepared. Listen, we, Jesus may not return in our lifetime, but at some point in time, we're gonna, if, if he doesn't return, we're going we're gonna to go home. Are we ready? Are we ready to meet him? You could get hit by a Mack truck out there today. Are you ready? Are you prepared? But not just for eternity, but to walk in the fullness and the calling and the giftings that God has called you to right now, today. Because somebody in your life needs to hear the hope and the love of Christ. Somebody needs to be encouraged. Maybe somebody needs to, 
to have some correction. Maybe somebody needs to understand that God really, really, really does love them and really does care about them. Maybe somebody needs some hope for something they're going through right now. Maybe somebody needs a hug. Maybe somebody needs a text that says, hey, I'm thinking about you today. Maybe somebody needs to know God loves you. So do I. I care about you. Verse 44. Let's skip down to uh, verse 44. Matthew 24, 44. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. If we knew when the Lord was coming back, we would say, oh, well, I've got, I've got five hours to prepare. <laughs> I've got a week to prepare. The Lord's saying, be prepared now. Be prepared now. And it's not just to be prepared for his coming, but it's also to walk in the fullness, the anointing, the blessings of God now. Because people need that now. People, when they get to heaven, they don't need to hear another sermon. They, they don't need to hear that God loves them. They'll know that. Who is Paul writing to? He's writing to Timothy, and he's writing to him to, plan, to prepare and equip the church. He's writing to, these letters are, are for believers, but they're also for unbelievers. But are we stewarding well what God has called us to do? Verse 44, you must also be ready, I think I just read this, you must also be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. So as we grow, as we become committed followers, trained and equipped and released, we can be ministering and training other disciples, right? Jesus said in Matthew 28, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then what did he say? Teach. Teach these new disciples. Obey everything that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. So he's given us a mandate that we are to be prepared. We are to learn. We are to grow. We are to know the Word of God. And then we go and teach others. And we train and equip them so that they can be released to then go and train and equip others. And so that's as hard that people come into this relationship with him, but also that the kingdom of God be expanded. Not religion, but relationship. And he's saying a faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give the responsibility of managing others. So part of what we're doing here is we're training and equipping. We're being trained and equipped. So you can facilitate a life group. So you can teach the Word of God. So that maybe some neighbors from down the street come to that life group and they get saved and, and they, they're trained and equipped. Maybe you have a gift of hospitality and God is calling you to open up your home to host a life group. We need to have more host homes. We need more facilitators. That's going to come from us. But we need to be trained and equipped. We need to, to, to step out and say, okay, Lord, here I am, send me. Because he will give, the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. And he's not just talking about physical food. 
He's talking about spiritually feeding one another. There are people that don't know the Word of God, or they, they have misconstrued or, or been taught bad teachings. He said, teach good teachings. Teach the Word of God. Be solid in your understanding of the Word and be able to teach this to others so that they can grow, so that they can be healthy and whole, and, and their brokenness in their lives can be healed through Christ. Verse 47, I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. God is looking for people that he can trust, that will manage well what is his, right? We talked about that already. Everything belongs to him, but he's looking for people that he can trust. And he can say, look, I can trust you with this. I can trust you to teach my prized possession, which are my people. That's what he cares about the most. Yeah, he plant, you know, he created the, the plants and the trees and the birds and all these things. But we are his prized possession. And he's looking for people that are trustworthy. And please hear me, I'm not talking about performance. I'm talking about relational. You have people in your life that you say, you know what, they're solid. I can trust them. And then there may be some other people who are like, well, I don't know. They said they're going to show up, but I don't know if they'll really be here to help me. And so what is our heart and our attitude toward the Lord and the things that he wants us to steward well? Every week, we talk about this personal, intimate, honest relationship with Jesus. And this relationship is primary. It is critical. It's vital. God wants us to, to have this relationship, but to grow. And that he can work through us to share with others that we can be a model. The Lord gives us protection. He gives us wisdom, strategies, creativity, anointing, gifts. Why does he give us those things to help us? And that we can help others? So my first point is the Lord helps us to be prepared. My second point is, therefore, the Lord expects us to be prepared. My third point is when we are prepared, we can help prepare others who are willing. And I added this part, who are willing, because some people are not really willing to be helped. They really don't want to be helped. They may say, have you ever talked to somebody and they're like, oh, I'm having these issues, and, and you give them some godly wisdom and counsel, and they're like, well, I don't really want to do that. Well, do you want to be helped or do you want to keep doing the same thing that you've been doing and keep getting the same results that you've been getting? And so the Lord places people in our life. He, we have the word. We have the Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us into all truth. I, have you ever had this happen? I know you have where you start to do something. And the Holy Spirit says, don't go there. Mm -mm. Well, I'm going to go there anyway. So we have help. And when we are prepared, we can help prepare others. Because God is pouring into us. Not just for us, but so that we can help one another. Imagine that a hurricane is coming. And your wife says, hey, uh, are you going to board up the windows? No, not, not today. I'm, I'm watching a game. i got some games on TV. You know, I'll do it later. And then your house gets all torn up. The windows get broken. I mean, that would not be very good stewardship. Matthew 24 uh, Jesus has just told, 
Well, we just talked about Jesus has just told the disciples about his return to be prepared and to be watchful. Let's read on in Matthew 25, because the next truth he wants us and he wanted them to get as well. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So they were all in expectation of the arrival of the wedding procession. And they were, they were supposed to be ready. Let's read in verse 2. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Now we find out the differentiation between the distinct, distinction between the wise and the foolish. Verse 3. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. Parable, these parables, when Jesus is teaching, they have a physical and a spiritual application. Because he's teaching in a manner in which they can visualize or they can understand what's going on. But there's also a spiritual implication. The physical oil was needed to keep the lamps burning. But often oil is referred to as the Holy Spirit. So are we filled to overflowing with the oil of God, the Holy Spirit of God in our lives? We are to be the light. To shine the light and the love of Christ to the world. But imagine that you're a, a two, two million lumen halogen light. You can shine the light, but you need to be connected to the source. As opposed to a little birthday candle that the wind could blow it out. Are we filled to overflowing with His Holy Spirit, His anointing? Are we shining the light? out into the world as we go through, navigate through our challenges and through our life, are we filled with Him and shining the light in a powerful way? We need His oil. We need the Holy Spirit in our lamp. We need the Holy Spirit in our life to shine the light so that we have the wisdom. When somebody comes to us, we can say, Lord God, how do I answer this? What can I do to reflect your heart? What can I do to bring peace and encouragement, strength? Whatever this person needs, how can, how can you work through my life, God, to impact this, this situation or this life? Matthew 25, 4. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. They were prepared. The good news is, is that we don't need to pack extra oil. The Lord continues to fill our reservoir as we stay connected to Him. Matthew 25, 5, when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. The wise and the foolish, they all fell asleep. But I'm wondering why the foolish didn't go get more oil. If they didn't have enough oil. At midnight, they were roused by a shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Even if, even when we fall asleep, the Lord can wake us up. But we still need to be prepared. Verse, uh, verse 8, then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. If they weren't prepared, why didn't they get prepared? 
But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for, for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. You would think, well, they're not a very good Christian. They weren't willing to share their, their, their oil. Is that rude? No. Every one of us needs to have oil for our own lamp. We can't piggyback off of somebody else's lamp or their oil. So there's a physical application here that we can see. Obviously, they, they needed oil for their lamp. But there's a spiritual application. Do we have the oil of the Holy Spirit in our own lives? Do we, are we being filled? Are we being replenished? Are we being refreshed? Are we taking a Sabbath to spend time with Him? We need the oil from the Holy Spirit from our own lamp, for our own lamp. Verse 10, But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So Jesus says, So you, too, must keep watch. For you do not know the day or the hour of my return. So it always goes, it begins with this relationship with the Lord and, and inviting Him into our lives, but then staying connected to Him. So when we talk about our mission statement, develop this relationship, develop, maintain, stay connected to Him so we're not doing these swings. Well, I'm hot for God this week. Well, you know, I kind of walked away from the Lord. No, I'm hot now. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we need to develop, maintain, and then we model that by serving. By staying connected to him. And so when you look at this, it's, it's not, a, not really a circle. Develop, maintain, a model. Develop, maintain, a model. Develop, it's develop, maintain, model. Develop, maintain, model. As we grow in our relationship, God is pouring into our hearts and lives. Because it's a matter of death and life for some people. That don't know him. That don't have a relationship with him. My three points. The Lord helps us to be prepared. Lord, help me. Show me what to do. Therefore, the Lord expects us to be prepared. Sometimes the Lord will say, Oh, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to wait. <laughs> How many of you like patience? When we are prepared, we can help prepare others who are willing. There have been people that I've tried to, to help, and they don't, they don't want the help. They really don't want it. And, you know, at some point in time, you say, okay, well, this is a sucker fish that just wants to attach and suck the life out of you. They don't want to change. So where am I going to get the best return on my investment? I want to, I'm looking for people that I can invest in and, and that are willing, that are teachable. <clears throat> Remember our core values, love, prayer, obedience, humility, teachability, unity, and service. Are we teachable? Because Paul was telling Timothy, sometimes there needs to be correction. Sometimes there needs to be a rebuke. Sometimes you need to, to, to address something. So are we teachable? Are we open to what the Lord is saying to us? Are we open to, to other people that the Lord may be speaking to to get our attention? I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for those people 
that I have that, that level of relationship with, that I trust, that I, that, that I know love me enough to speak honestly in, into my life. And so we need to do that. But it comes back to our relationship with Him. Do we have a personal relationship with Him?